everyone, Charles here for another podcast episode today. I'm going to do kind of similar to what I usually do. And I'm asking you, if you listen to, to this show often, uh, let, me know, let me know by reaching out to me on my website, uh, sharpostudio.com. It's the same as the sh- name of the show. And you can just reach me out there on my contact form and let me know if you like this kind of format and if you like mm, something more or different. Like if I, if you can create new types of shows or episodes that you m- might be interested in, let me know. Oh yeah, so this one today is the six steps to design great apps. Designing great apps is all about process. Once acquired, imagination is your limit. It's something that you have to to get in order to design great apps and also websites as well. I said apps because I feel like Today's a lot of people want to create apps all the times, but website not that much. It's usually more niched, and I wanted to have a bit more people, so I decided to go with apps. And yeah, you need to you need to learn those stuff because if you don't, then you will be at some point stuck. And I didn't know that when I started out as a, I started out designing. I was just I just wanted to design things. I didn't thought about a process, something to follow that you have to respect in order to create. The, a great app, both for you, but also, and most importantly, for the user as well. Because I usually design for myself, but what really matters when you design something is to design for others to make their life easier. So the first step is UX fundamentals. Learn UX fundamentals concepts, including UX basics design principles, how to define usability, and how to think like UX designers. It's very important as a foundation. You need to have that. Right off the bat, you need to learn UX. It's super important. The second step is design research. Learn how to plan a UX research study, conduct interviews with the various kinds of interviews and how to ask effective questions. This is essential in design because um, the same as the process, everything is data-driven when you design. It has to be data-driven or data-based. If you just feel like it looked better this way, then... It doesn't really make any sense as a designer, of course. And for a company, it's a bit risky to just base a design, an old design of a company just based on on your thoughts or your life experience. You need to conduct a lot of study and ask the right questions as well in order to make the best decisions you can make. Then concept. Learn how to explore product opportunities with the team through design sprints. Use design patterns users are already used to interact with and understand fundamental UI principles. This is where you start really designing stuff. Before that, you don't really design that much. Here, it's really where you start going through it. The first, something important is to learn how to work with a team because the designer is really like... I feel I feel the designer is in between business and kind of like technique or coding, you know, between engineering and and business. It's the mix and you need to always find an in-between to to create, to combine those two elements together. And this is where you are, this is where design is. And so you need to always know to work with a team, how to create, what is a design sprint and how to make them more effective for you and the team as well. And also how to use design patterns because you don't need to reinvent the wheel. Always, We always get this idea of like, as a designer, you need to be creative. 
to design to design successful products or apps, but it's not really true. Everything we design is is just a redesign of something we sell or a mix of design we sell. You know, everything is a remix. That's that's someone you can look at look that up on YouTube. It's everything is a remix. It's very interesting and he basically tells this this man who talks about it, he he tells that everything you create comes from something. You don't just imagine it, it comes from something else different. Even if you don't really notice it, it can be very, you know, it doesn't have to come from, like, I'm going to use this artist here. It's something that you may have heard or may have seen before from different, um, I don't know, like a trip or something. It, suddenly an idea comes up to your mind and you're like, that's the genius idea that I just came up with, but it's not really the, the case, fully the case. <laughs> and so it's important to understand that you can reuse design patterns that users already have. Like all the websites have the same patterns, right? Even if some tries to be more creative than others, they still keep the same fundamentals to keep the user um, used to interacting with their website. Then you would have low fidelity prototyping. Putting design solutions into code is expensive, so you will have to learn how to build interactive prototypes in order to test your ideas into the wild and identify issues as early as possible. Prototyping is super important because companies are not going to invest money into creating apps that are not already tested and it would be a huge waste of time, money and efforts to create an app or website that has not been tested beforehand. So as a designer, learning how to create low fidelity prototypings and then what I'm going to tell you just after that High fidelity prototyping is very important and life-changing for companies. So understand that your role is like super, super important. You, by learning how to do prototypes, you can really bring extra ideas to the team and find out what doesn't work as well. Because when you spend so much time working on a design, you end up not noticing the thing that other people who have never seen it before will notice right away. It's something that is kind of bad when you are a designer is you cannot, sometimes you are so focused that you forget to take a step back. And prototyping is here almost just for that. And so now high fidelity prototyping. Learn the difference between UI and UX, the importance of typography, style guides, and design systems. It's time for you to learn how to use Figma and create high quality prototypes. So once you have learned how to do low fidelity prototypes, you need to add more details to your prototypes, more colors, more shadows, shapes, typography. You need to start building a system or a kind of like a design library where you can just pick up some stuff and put it in your design so you don't waste time redoing all the same design over and over again. It's the part where UI comes into place and you can really define both of them. Usually you will do the first part which is research as UX and then you will do the second part as the visuals and how it feels like when to when to use your you know your app or website and how to stick with the brand brand style as well and so this is where high fidelity prototyping come, comes in and then the last step is post launch analysis learn how to prepare your designs for engineering handoff often overlooked by people new to the field. In addition to that, make sure to understand how to use analytics tools in order to make data-based improvements. Know that your product, website, app is out you, or 
just before, like once you're done with it, you need to give it to the engineer so they can really work on the coding and make it like real. And it's something that I myself didn't know when I started out is I was like, oh, people just, you know, go on the computer and write stuff and it's done. But it's more than that. There is a lot of complexity in design and it's even more complex to to translate it into a proper coding language and make it work as well. So the easier you make this interaction with the engineers, the better it will be for everyone. And that's why I told you about it before. Um, design is such an important role in the companies because, again, it helps translate everything to and make everything comes together as well. So you also need to understand how to use analytics tools, just like, for example, um, Google Analytics. It's an easy one, or Hotjar, also very famous ones. And because you, again, need data to be data-driven, to be to make database decisions. It's how you will help your company get better at what they do. And so that's it for this little podcast episode. I hope you liked it, and I see you for the next one.